Hi, this is Wendy Whalen. Thank you for joining us on New Combinations. Gianna, I'm so happy to be with you here today. We've been like ships in the night, you and I. Mm -hmm. um, artistically here, I was leaving the company, you were in the school, you, were you did your first choreography, I saw it from the audience, not as a company dancer, and I remember fangirling you afterwards, like she doesn't even know who I am, but I was like, I knew who you were, and I went right up to you at the gala, and I was like, I loved your piece. Well, correction on that. Ah. I definitely knew who you were. <laughs> I felt like I was like, I'm a stranger in this building because I wasn't in the company anymore. And you had just had a moment in yeah. your first choreography. And I was just like, oh, my God, this girl is so talented. Thank you. So yeah. how, how long ago was that? Was like, what year? 2017 okay. was my first commission, I believe. So, um, And you've been ago. back t uh, a second time. Yes, in 2018. Okay. Um. And now I'm back. A third again, time. A third time yeah. in 2022. Um, and your first piece you made, I remember hearing that you were making a piece and you were in the school. And I was like, what? There's a student choreographing? I couldn't believe it. Me neither. Ah! <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And everybody's like, she's really talented. And I was, sit I was sitting with Mikhail Baryshnikov in the front row of the first ring. And we... Curtain went up. I just remember it feeling like I could feel the energy was like it was clean and clear, mm -hmm. and you had beautiful costumes. It was a fashion gala. Virgil Abloh mm -hmm. was it? Yes. Did you choose? Anything? Yeah, it's so crazy to to think back on that and and Virgil and working having the opportunity to work with him because, you know, usually I mean my first two commissions for the the gala I was given kind of a list of people that were of interest to, I guess, the company or the costume shop or whatever. So they gave me a list of people, and his name was on that list. And I didn't really know much about him. Um, and at that time, he was kind of just becoming really big. It was like a Off year or two before he began as the creative director of Louis Vuitton. So it was, he, he had just kind of created Off-White at that time. Um, maybe a little before, but it was getting big. So it was interesting to work with him before he was even bigger than than that. So I remember seeing like his work in like Teen Vogue or something like that. Because yeah, like something came out about like off-white, like new up-and-coming designer, like his stuff is so cool, you know? And then he just blew up after that. So it's just interesting. You kind of did that too. A little bit. I don't, I'm. A little. I mean, I think. You were going off into the, your career. You were, yes. a, you were a, a, an advanced student. You did this knockout piece called Composer's Holiday, New York City Ballet, 2017. And then tell me where you went from there. Because you were still, you were going to be a dancer. I was. I was yeah. going to be a dancer. I, I. That was always, you know, growing up at the school, like everybody has um, that a similar goal. Like the goal is to be a dancer with the New York City Ballet. Um, and my situation was just very unique because, you know, the former director saw something in me that was more than just ballet. And saw something in me before I even saw something in me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So 
that kind of paved the way a bit. I was at the School of American Ballet for seven years. Did um, you grew up in New York? I grew up in New Jersey, and a couple years into being in the school, my family decided to move into the city, partially because of, you know, my budding career, what I wanted to do, but also my family loves the city, so it was just an excuse for them, I think. I was about 12, like 11, 12, mm -hmm. so it feels like I kind of grew up in the city. I went to school, um, like high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess to backtrack on your question, <laughs> like where where did I go? Yeah, my career just kind of exploded in that moment. It was a huge opportunity for me. And as somebody with very little experience, I kind of had to learn my craft through intuition rather than through like Practice. it being taught yeah. because I don't think choreography is something that can be taught. Mm -hmm. I think it's very intuitive and, and, and so I kind of just took that concept and ran with it for the, the rest of my time. After Composer's Holiday premiered, I was asked to come back the next year for the Fall Fashion Gala and make a second ballet. And it's interesting. I, I definitely am very aware that my second ballet was very different from my first ballet. <laughs> um, I think, in a way, I put a lot on my plate I, I decided to use 20 dancers, which I've never worked with a, a group that large before. I decided to work with really um, challenging music by John Adams. Mm. It was a huge challenge and a huge kind of wake-up call for me, in a way, um, to be like, whoa, okay, but, you know, coming into a commission, how much time do I have? How, how can I manage my time? And what can I, you know achieve with the people that I have and backtracking because I want to finish my thought about you know wanting to be a dancer because I was that was always the goal and being at SAB for seven years I you know in my head I was like I'm not gonna train this long and this hard to not try and be a professional mm -hmm. dancer mm -hmm. So simultaneously, when our former director of New York City Ballet was commissioning me for my first piece, I also got a job offer from the Semper Opera Ballet mm -hmm. in Dresden. And as an 18-year-old, I had to have this kind of opportunity at the back of my mind, but also thinking about moving to Germany. <laughs> so that was all kind of happening simultaneously. And I tried the classical ballet scene. I was in Dresden for a year. I worked my butt off. I, I really, really feel like I tried. But I, I also wanted to explore something completely different. Benjamin Millipede had reached out to me at one point between 2017 and 2018 and said, I saw your piece for New York City Ballet. We should talk. And we talked, and he was really interested in me uh, choreographing for L.A. Dance Project. But in the back of my mind, I wasn't really ready to stop dancing. So I said, you know, I'd love to choreograph, but also, do you need a dancer? <laughs> because 
I'm looking for a job back in America. Like I've been dancing in Germany for a year and I, um, and I want to come, come back. Uh, and something different than strict ballet. Right. Exactly. Ballet boutique. Yeah. Style. Yeah. I really kind of launched myself out of my comfort zone pretty fast. You're so daring. And I had to, I had to, you know, one of my, the first pieces that I had ever performed with LADP was Graham duets. It was a Martha Graham piece. And I did a duet with one of my colleagues and I had never even, I'd never trained in it's Graham. It's a whole other technique. No, it's a like whole other thing. A lifetime to study. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I, so as an example of being thrown into something completely new, you know, I was in a sneaker ballet by Benjamin and a and Graham duets. I was like, oh my oh. god, this is the and you weren't even twenty, right? Right. right. <laughs> I wasn't like even that's... I wasn't even twenty yet. Yeah. Um, I was still a teenager, <laughs> and it was a lot, you know, just just having to really flip the world around and really really try and and make something new of of what I had known my whole life, which was like the Balanchine technique. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> of course, that was a very big challenge for me to push through that and feel like I had a, a place there as a dancer. Mm -hmm. But again, with a company like that, that's so small and everybody in that company is so talented and seasoned and experienced, a lot older than me as well, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the dancers. I think that it was a really amazing opportunity to like be a sponge. So I think mm -hmm. a lot of what I learned at LADP has become kind of my philosophy in movement vocabulary and choreography mm -hmm. in general. Uh, I learned a lot of what I like there. Mm -hmm. um, I, at the core, am a Balanchine Robbins like that's just like the core of my technique mm -hmm. even when I'm making work but I think you know you have a modern sensibility yeah yeah exactly and 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 Germany also opened my eyes to a whole nother mm -hmm. level of choreography choreographers that I had never even heard of I got to see in Europe which also opened my eyes and I think that that kind of influenced my second ballet being in Germany it influenced that, and I think that's that's why all my work is so different. Mm -hmm. For I think there's there's mm -hmm. definitely um, like Glenn said today, she's like, you have little Gianna isms, like things that like you do a lot, like little just Moment, like moments that it's your vocabulary. Yeah, it's yeah. my vocabulary that I'm that I'm finding. How old are you now? I'm dying. To, I'm 23. Okay. Oh, you're so old. What's going on? No, I'm just kidding. I, know. <laughs> I was like, she's not even 25 yet. I know. Uh, yeah, and I still feel like a baby sometimes, you, you know, you like are a in baby this in this, this career and this this path that I'm on. I'm I'm very young and I'm still learning and every with every piece that I make, I learn something. Yeah, and you and you change right. and you you transform. Exactly. You're not yeah. you're not like we can't categorize you quite yet. Because everything right. I've seen of yours, I've always been like, well, that's that's a new side of right. her. And then <laughs> and then when you chose your music and your artists and different things, I was like, another new side's coming out. Right. Exactly. So I'm I think excited. I just yeah. there's a lot of different 
facets of this. You know, the world is my oyster in a way. I have a blank canvas, Mm -hmm. which is just the biggest blessing as an artist to Mm -hmm. just have an opportunity like with a blank canvas to, but with that comes like, I always want to try something new. You come from this base, but it seems like in, in a short time and in a very young part of your young life, you've had a tidal wave of the dance world come over you Mm -hmm. and you've traversed this wave of like a world wave of dance, like in four years now or something right and that's really rare i think it is really rare most choreographers i mean there's very rarely is there a 23 year old woman choreographer in the front of the room in new york city ballet running a rehearsal and making steps right and having it be their third piece for the new york city ballet so you're right you're one of a kind girl i i it's (laughs) crazy because i definitely at this point after having made as many ballets as I've made, I'm definitely coming into this new commission much more confident. But yeah, I mean, I, I look back and I'm like, how in the world did I do any of this? Did I make, <laughs> like, I was 18. I, I just, I would like, have been terrified. Well, yeah, <laughs> I w- and it almost like, it almost feels like, it kind of goes back to what I was speaking about, like intuition, you know? Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes back to, to just, following your gut Mm -hmm. um and that being like the source of everything under that much pressure and Mm -hmm. with that little experience you just have to honestly just Mm -hmm. go with your gut that's kind of been my philosophy I'm just you know the way to do that's the way an artist is I think I mean that's how you develop you just go where it's leading you what you're interested in what what question are you wanting to find the answer to right next and you have so many questions that you're gonna find I know yeah it's Exciting. Yeah. Let me um, also ask you, were you making dances as a little kid? It's funny. Like I said, I grew up in Jersey. So um, uh, my pre-SAB ballet journey was going to a local, you know, dance school mm-hmm. in Waldwick, New Jersey. But what's really unique is that the one ballet teacher there was an alum of SAB. Who was that? Lisa Denias. She was in my class. Well, a little bit just be- just above me. Yeah. So we were classmates. And she has a sister named Star. And when I did my very first Nutcracker, Star was the Sugar Plum Fairy. Mm-hmm. And I was so transfixed with her that my dad had to come in to find me because I, I wouldn't leave the <laughs> studio watching her. Yeah. So it's like this little weird little circle. Yeah. I loved Lisa Denias. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And she, at a certain point, um, I, I, w- I was the type of young dancer. I was like, I want to do tap and jazz and, mm-hmm. you know, what you know, I, contemporary. Mm-hmm. But ballet, I was like, this is so boring. I don't want to do this. But she really gave an umph to ballet. Mm-hmm. And, like, because she had that SAB yeah. uh, way about her that just made me want to do it more. I started doing privates with her because she was like, I think that there's something like here. So I started doing privates with her. And then at a certain point I hit like 10 years old and she was like, you, you need to audition for SAB. And I was like, what? Okay. And I, I remember it so clearly like walking in and I just remember being so small and those like steel doors that are just so big at SAB. And I just, 
it was just like a whole nother world. And I went into that audition absolutely not thinking anything would come of it. Mm -hmm. And I got in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm going Trust to New York. People, people have, people are spotting things in you. Yeah. Right. So I, I, tr I put a lot of trust in her. And, you know, to answer your question, she she would make little ballets for, because we were a competition school, so she would make little ballets that we could go around and compete with. Mm -hmm. And I, for a couple of those, w like assisted her or like helped her kind of situate things. Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience kind of being in that position. Like 10, 11 years old, nine, 10? I, at that point, yeah, I was like 11, 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. So I was pretty young when I started like thinking about things like that. But also the real peak in my interest was after having been at SAB for a couple of years, seeing the choreographic workshop. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, since, since I got there, I was always like, I'm going to do that. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, <laughs> listening to your gut again. But then, yeah. you know, I was 14 at the time when I really started, like, having real interest in, in choreography. I had already started collecting music for what I would do when I got to level D. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so I had been collecting music for years before even having, you know, being old enough to do the choreographic workshop. And I remember just in that situation, we have to go through um, the school's music director, Mr. Middleton. Mm -hmm. He had to approve all the music. So, you know, I sat down with him and had an entire, you know, 50 song playlist. I was like, do you like, you know, let's go through all. And he was like, wait, okay. You have, <laughs> Girl. Let's. And, yeah. you know, I just had so many ideas. And I have such a, I think, different, relationship to music mm -hmm. that really has made my choreography successful I think mm -hmm. because of my musicality mm -hmm. it took me a while to find like an actual groove in in what I was making I think but the musicality was always there for me mm -hmm. and just being at SAB and how much they they hone in on that and encourage that mm -hmm. just made that even stronger in me. Mm -hmm. So I, I did, I had, I had been collecting music for, for years <laughs> and, um, was it a gi giant variety? Was it like pop and classical? It's and interesting. It was, it was mostly, mostly chamber music. Oh, okay. I was really, you were like, they're going to be live too. Yeah, <laughs> you I were was, already I was, planning the performance. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Yeah, mostly classical music and like a lot of chamber music. Like I was I'm and a lot of, you know, piano solos or like piano violin duets mm. and stuff like that. Did you have favorite ballets that New York City Ballet did that you're like, I love this? I mean or that? Serenade changed my life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the Yeah. At that that ballet I saw it for the first time very young mm -hmm. and that was kind of a turning point for me in terms of what I want to live up to, you know, like that. What you want to evoke in your audience. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love all of the theatrical Robbins 
ballets. Like mm-hmm. I, I really think that at a certain point in my career, I, I would love to explore some like even more theatrical mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, they are the gods, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I just, I feel like, <laughs> but Serenade was, um, was an absolute like life changer for me. Did you love the patterns of it? I love the patterns, the music just, I mean, yeah. They just, the way they just, they just are each other. He, I think Serenade is a perfect example of like my choreographic philosophy because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's no story, Mm -mm. but but there is, but there (laughs) is, but you know, but there is no, technically there's no story and technically speaking, you know, Balanchine's choreography for Serenade is a, is like a direct translation of the music, which I do that. Mm-hmm. I just inherently do that. Mm-hmm. Just the whole, you know, philosophy of having storytelling elements that like make an audience member feel something, mm-hmm. and but but then leave that open to kind of like their interpretation. Mm-hmm. Which I, I felt that in your first piece. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like there's there's something freeing about that for an audience member too to like mm-hmm. come away from something and think about it in their own way. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when there's there's a very deliberate story, it actually kind of disconnects you from what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, I you you automatically think, oh, it. it it means this, right? Rather than your like right. spirit or your uh-huh. life or your own essence telling you what it it cracks open something deep in you, exactly. rather than like a superficial. And then they took the plate out from the house and the shelf, and then they walked it over and played it, did a plate dance, right? You know, exactly. it's like that yeah. was. <laughs> I don't know if we've done plate dances, but, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, that was the same thing for me. That when I saw New York City Ballet for the first time, it was mine was Agon. Yeah. I mean, and I was just like, that's it, right there. Yeah. And it was just everything was everything, but it wasn't about anything. So I was just like, right, what exactly. is it? Like everything was just like exactly. Just, all the opposites were perfectly aligned. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's yeah. like my exact goal I guess like that's the goal for me is to do exactly that you know mm-hmm. so. Um, so tell me about this piece yeah okay it, well. and you've only, you started you started working on it a week and a half ago week and a half ago yeah okay yeah and you can tell us anything or whatever you want to save you can save I won't pry it out of you yeah though I'm excited to like catch a glimpse yeah, so, I mean, we started in the studios about a week and a half ago. The process has been very interesting. Also, a unique thing is that the only commissions I've done for City Ballet have been for the Fall Fashion Gala. So there's always been this added element of... Yeah, that will change one day. Of I promise you. <laughs> no, but, yeah. but, like, what I think this time is, like, I actually want to embrace that, mm. whereas I think it intimidated me a little bit mm-hmm. a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, you have to go with this, this. You're given these guidelines. and Right, exactly. And the whole element of fashion and that being such an important aspect mm-hmm. of the piece 
was, I think, for my first two commissions, very intimidating. And I think I stuck a lot to, like, what I know and also what I thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's all fine and good. You know, like, I I really loved both of those costumes mm-hmm. um, for both ballets. Like, I think that they fit the ballets the way that they they should. But I think this time I'm really trying to embrace the event of the fall fashion gala and pushing those boundaries and just honestly taking a lot more risk than I have in the past because it is a really unique opportunity mm-hmm. to work with a designer to see you know how far you can push the boundary of clothes to like you know make it work in a in a ballet space in my head before I was like oh I'm just making you know ballet clothes and this time I think (laughs) I just really wanted to kind of push myself and take take a bigger risk who's your designer so his name is Alejandro Palomo his design company is called Palomo Spain and he technically is a yeah he's a menswear designer but his work is very androgynous so I wasn't worried about him making clothing for women. He had a line recently I saw in Vogue for Fashion Week for spring 2022. It was in Vogue. And he came out with this collection of these kind of really exaggerated but also deconstructed suits. I've always loved, you know, the juxtaposition, I guess, of ballet and like something like wall street or like suits like something that wouldn't you wouldn't really put that together but yeah i loved the idea of like working with a suit or like a some type of you know unisex silhouette so i saw that and i was blown away i mean he genuinely just when i talk about pushing boundaries like he definitely pushed those boundaries and and those that collection is very unique and we were actually talking the other day and is he new york based he no he's not new york based i think his home base is in spain Mm -hmm. but his earlier work is very romantic kind of renaissance-y like you know the puffy collars and like the the blouses and the flare pants Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and like this collection that I saw was his step out of his comfort zone. Just like you. Exactly. So it's so, <laughs> yeah. it's so interesting because we had this conversation mm-hmm. the other day mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, we're like at the same point in our careers mm-hmm. where, you know, he's he was he was funny. He was like, I'm not Valentino. Like I will be one day, but like I'm successful, like in my niche little thing. And so am I, you know, yeah. like we have our little circle of success but also we're kind of at, at similar points in our career where we want to just kind of push it yeah. farther. And he he was like, I loved that you liked that collection because it was so different from everything else that I've done. Mm-hmm. So he was excited to kind of bounce off of that because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that collection was very inspiring to me. So the idea for the costumes is taking that concept of exaggerated or slash deconstructed suits, but also making it super theatrical mm-hmm. and very 
bold, yeah. taking it to a level of, you know, showstopper mm-hmm. is I use the word powerful. I mm-hmm. just wanted I wanted something extremely powerful. And I wanted a showstopper. Mm-hmm. Like I I mm-hmm. I was like, this is the tenth anniversary yeah. of the Fall Fashion Gala. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. We have to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's what we did. We're doing something crazy. Um, <laughs> Yay. And yeah, and 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 he had this just beautiful idea of incorporating Swarovski crystals mm-hmm. for the costumes. I did hear about crystals yesterday. I was so, given some info about some crystals. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny because Mark, Mark Happel in the costume shop and I, like, we've gotten very close over these past couple, you know, scenarios that we've been in. Um, but we remember, you know, I, I kept saying to Alejandro, I was like, I want a showstopper. And then, you know, Alejandro sent back his sketches and <laughs> the dancers were literally covered head to toe in crystals. Like, the, the entire suit is pinstriped. In crystals and they're like heads like everything and mark and i are like whoa okay who's making that (laughs) well who's first of all who's who's gonna partner yeah yeah who's Who's paying for that who's you know who's gonna trip on a crystal um you know the practicality we were like you know kind (laughs) of had a not a real showstopper (laughs) well well but then you know but then we started talking and we were like Mm -hmm. Like, how can we make this actually work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, for me, like, how far am I willing to go for these costumes to compromise for them, Mm -hmm. for the work, Mm -hmm. and for the dancers? So the main question was, like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Alejandro was very confident in his his ways. And he was like, oh, I'm sure Swarovski would, would help us. We're like, okay. I love thinking big. It's so, so good. I mean, you honestly. You have to think big. You have to think big. You have to think big. Yeah. And and why not try? Exactly. You know? So, like, Mark and I were talking, and we were like, this is going to be, I mean, a really huge challenge. But also, we might as well just ask. Yeah. Because. Why not? Why not? Exactly. You know, long story short, Swarovski is donating half a million crystals for 10 dancers. Wow. Donating. So, yes. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. And and we're like, what? okay, I guess this is happening. This okay, this is amazing. Like this this is gonna be so beautiful. But then, you know, then it's up to me kind of to yeah. be like Make what can what yeah. can we do? What can't we do? How heavy are they gonna be? They're gonna be Can the dancers come in and out of them so that they can have their freedom and then go back into the look we're talking about creative ideas yeah right here right I, now fresh I, on the podcast I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think um like a like a sequence shell and move in them to a certain degree and then free themselves of it and then go back inside their yeah I mean there is a world where like we can shed layers which might help but also you know these costumes are like are, are very tailored and mm. like specific there's a, a lot of you know volume yeah like uh ain't shapes there's a lot of oh, shapes okay. happening a lot of we kind of uh, were inspired 
like color wise and kind of look wise like very 80s mm-hmm. a couple of them have shoulder pads um yeah so it's very extravagant and after Swarovski agreed to to helping us out I was just thinking and talking with Mark and we were like there has to be almost no partnering mm-hmm. at all there are dances like that yeah yeah I absolutely love creating partnering work. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I'm a very hands-on like mm-hmm. I I love that, but this to me, I was like, you know what? I'm already challenging myself. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be a challenge, but I am at a point where I feel like I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. So, we agreed. We were like, we have to be very careful if we're going to do this. So there's little to no partnering at all in the ballet. Um, so far. So far. You still have a few weeks left to yeah, create. Exactly. So you never yeah. know where you're going to get led. Exactly. You might. You, I can't wait to see from today how it ends up out there. Right. And Me what too. I don't me, even know. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's so what's so beautiful about You're kind of, are you, this. do you plan your day? Like, do you plan the, the movements or do you work it out on the dancers each day? It's a mix. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of trial and error in mm-hmm. my process. I definitely have a plan going mm-hmm. into each rehearsal. I think that's mm-hmm. just the most effective way to work. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, you know, it's a 15-minute ballet. It's been a week and a half. I have about seven or eight minutes. That's fantastic. Um, that's great. But that's because I have a plan, you know. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's like... It, Efficiency works at New York City Ballet. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> it, well... It, it also work, just works for me. Yeah. Like, I'm not very good at managing my time, mm-hmm. like, in my daily life. Mm-hmm. So I think I've just been forced to manage my time really well in, in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you say, I want a showstopper? Where did showstopper come from? Is it your music? Or, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't, and I, I also... I want to hear about the music as well as to the degree that you yeah. want to share with us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just know that that's going to be very much full of surprises as well. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect. Oh. And yeah. you can share whatever you want. And But, but Showstopper yeah. from you for this ex- this 10th anniversary, I just I love that you had this word in mind and that you were like, I need yeah. this. No, and exactly. Yeah. That, it just... How did that come about? Where did that rise from? Well, I think... I was, you know, it's also been what, like five years since I Word was last yes. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and since COVID and everything, you know, I I struggled like as as an artist, as as did everybody mm-hmm. um, throughout the pandemic. Uh, there was very little work for for us, and you know, I I dove a little bit into film, like a lot of people did, because mm-hmm. that was kind of accessible at the time, mm-hmm. but. Definitely the 10th anniversary fall fashion gala was like the catalyst of that idea. Mm. I was like, I need to do something really big. Mm -hmm. But also it's kind of a turning point in my career too, like coming back Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable again and Mm -hmm. like putting myself out there. And I guess at this point in my life, I just feel like, why not? Um, (laughs) yeah, I I think that's, that's mostly, and, and also, you know, having the opportunity to work with Solange added to that concept in my head. I knew very little about her before we actually got to working together, but after speaking to her and after 
doing my research and really looking into her past work and her music and all of that, I was like, this is just a match. Like, this is a match. Um, and she can like she can make a showstopper too. Like mm-hmm. it's it, I just had that like gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that she would be able to kind of push those boundaries a little bit as well. So just the mix of, you know, me, Alejandro, Solange, like all taking these all taking big, these giant, really daring big steps in our lives yeah, together. Exactly. Kind of all Makes you think of the word showstopper. Right, exactly. Because it's like, it's just, it's for all of you, it's huge. Right. It's huge. Exactly. Yeah. So, like I said, like, the process has been pretty interesting because I am somebody, like I said earlier, I just, I'm I'm a musical person. Like, my my biggest inspiration is music, Mm -hmm. and I think it always will be. But in this scenario, you know, somebody is making new music for me, which I had never experienced before. This mm-hmm. is my first time working with original music for mm-hmm. a piece. Did you ask her what you did you get? Did you really deliver like ideas to her and say, I want it to be th- in this arrangement. I want this level, this length of something and or the instrumentation. Or yeah. Like, like for, that. for How example, much did you guys collaborate? I think this goes for both Alejandro and Solange. I think, you know, I had those kind of key words that I wanted to pursue and like to exp- to try to explain a bit of like this vision that wasn't even really a vision yet. Like, it, you know, it was still a blank canvas in my mind, but I also really put a lot of trust into them both. I knew what I wanted. And I know what I like in music. I know that I like ebbs and flows. I know that I like you know, I knew I wanted like a two minute slow solo for a man and, you know, and little things like that. But I also wanted to give them almost like as much freedom, artistic Mm -hmm. freedom as possible. Mm. Did they know each other before? She, no, they didn't. What's, what's funny is I, I think, also don't quote me on this, but I think my, (laughs) my mom told me this the other day. She was like, did you know Alejandro made a costume for Beyonce and I was like oh that's so she's like how weird is that connection it's like all yeah and Solange when I mentioned Alejandro mentioned working with him she knew of him Uh they didn't know each other personally but but yeah I I I really really went into both collaborations with a lot of trust in them just I guess being admirers after doing my research like being admirers of their work I was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Ki- here's what I like, but also do whatever you want. And then we can reel it back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's better to go for it and then pull back than, like, not have enough. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, has she seen the designs of the costumes? Yeah. Does she, she like them? She does. She, yeah, <laughs> she really likes them. Um, cool. I think she was a bit surprised. What Like, I think that everybody could, will be. Yeah. Um, just by how bold they are but I think the challenge for me is like taking these really bold costumes and this really bold music Uh which to explain a little bit about the music Solange and I in our first initial conversations we really connected on our love for jazz and 
you know, we talked a lot about jazz and how, how she has kind of been experimenting a little bit and we landed on kind of a free form jazz composition that feels a little bit like stream of consciousness. Mm. Like there's not necessarily a theme. It kind of just it begins and it's a roller coaster and then it ends. It's not like it comes back to mm -hmm. like a common theme, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting and unique in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Like in music in general, I feel like there's always, you yeah. know, you kind of loop it back around, but she's just doing something different, which I appreciate and I, I love, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted something that nobody's heard before. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely something that nobody's heard before. Um, <laughs> I could tell you that, yeah. yeah. And nothing that anybody's ever danced to. Um, wow. It's, you know, it's definitely special and um, mm -hmm. powerful. There's a lot of showstopper energy in, in the music as well. Mm -hmm. So then at that point, you know, it's up to me to kind of take these big costumes and this big music and then make it, something that people can enjoy mm -hmm. I think that there's a world where we get on stage and the sparkles are like blinding mm -hmm. you know or mm -hmm. like the mute like you know so I have to kind of mm -hmm. reel everything back in mm -hmm. and that's kind of been my challenge throughout the process is just kind of like mm -hmm. like reeling it back into something that's cohesive and that makes sense but I mean I'm very happy so far. <laughs> I love that. I am. Yeah, I'm really happy so far with how things have been going. You have a great cast. I have a great cast, yeah. Exciting. Um, very exciting. I think that what I've been enjoying about New York City Ballet Dancers, and I, and I hope you're enjoying it, and I'm imagining this is something that will come and, and add a strength, is that their individuality mm -hmm. is really coming forth, and their, their own unique are so we're celebrating them and I feel like they're feeling the freedom to let that out mm -hmm. a little more and I, I feel like this is a piece that will 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 lift up from that and I hope yeah. that you're feeling that and from this group of dancers you have well just all the dancers I mean I feel like that's something that's getting cooked up within yeah. the group no for sure and I, I really wanted to play with this idea of like everybody in the piece pulling their own weight and not necessarily having a lead or mm -hmm. a, or a, you know, mm -hmm. everybody is their own entity. Like you're saying, like everybody mm -hmm. does their own unique they thing. They all have their it. own flavor and exactly. essence yeah. and they're all exactly. uniquely valuable as individuals. I, I, right. I love that. And, and everybody's, you know, cause everybody's so unique and so mm -hmm. talented yeah. in the cast, then it's like, you just feature everybody, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that that's also what I think keeps it stimulating and exciting, you know? You just, mm -hmm. you, there's always something new to look at, somebody new to watch, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's also where the decision for 10 dancers came in. I had a hard time narrowing down, like, who who I wanted to, because mm -hmm. there were, there were a, a lot of people I wanted to, to work with, but you knew I you wanted a specific type of dancer for this exactly. specific idea that you were going for. Exactly, yeah. And 10 just felt right. 10th anniversary, 10 dancers. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One thing I yeah. wanted to know, I mean, because you had this tidal wave of world of dance in such a limited amount of time, 
and you seem so curious as an artist and open, who are the choreographers or artists that impact you and that inspire you or that have led you to where you're at right now? Huh. That's an interesting question. I mean, it could be anything, but like, is there something leading the way for your, your heart kind of like, I, I'm into this, like, or I, I want to find my way into, it could be a mix of different people or. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like there's some inspiration going I on. I have, I have been, you know, like, like I said before, I think everybody, a lot of artists kind of turn to film during the pandemic mm -hmm. because it was, uh, I guess, more accessible in a way than live shows, which just weren't happening. So I learned a lot. I did a film for SAB. I l absolutely loved that process. Mm. I loved choreographing the cameraman. I basically, I made the dance, but then I also had this camera operator and I, I choreographed his movement too. Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh, this is so interesting. I would be really, really interested to, in a capacity, kind of try and meld film and live performance into one thing. Mm -hmm. I've been really curious about that and, and interested to explore more in film, but also finding a way to mend the two worlds together so that, you know, you're watching something that is in two different, completely different mediums, but... Maybe even, like, the dancer is doing the same thing on the screen that they are in the... Or, what you mm -hmm. know, whatever. And the theatricality um, of that. Yeah, yeah, or something along those lines. Just kind of diving a little deeper into the world of film. Also, like, the world of theatrics. And, you know, I think about Crystal Pite a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a very, very big admirer of her work. And just some of her even more theatrical pieces, which I don't know if you've seen. Um, I've seen some, and I know that she's wanting to go even more into that exactly. direction. Exactly. And, and, and just, you know, dance theater, uh, performance art, you know, just kind of pushing those, those ideas and bringing them to a company like New York City Ballet or a company, like mm -hmm. a ballet company, like trying to blend those worlds like I remember seeing they they filmed her piece called Bentroffenheit which I don't know if you've ever I haven't seen. seen that one um and it's like a full it's a full length but she worked with this actor and basically taught him to dance and you know what I admire so much about her too is like she takes a process and you know she's in that process for a year mm -hmm. you know like and that that's like or, or months, and, mm -hmm. and, and there's so much time and, and you know... Devotion. And devotion and just, meticulous... She swims in it. Oh, or like yeah. She marinates herself in the... Yeah, exactly. Project. And just, yeah, just the writing, and I'd love to, at some point, like, write something, mm -hmm. you know, or... Uh, I don't know. There's mm -hmm. so many things I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. No, that's cool. I'm a huge admirer. And I'm so happy to, like, actually really meet you and, like, yeah. sit down instead of, like, sh crossing ships in the night here I know, and there. Yeah. Like, or in the hallway of the studios. Like, hi, Gianna. Or a text here and there. Yeah, so I had a really exactly. fun time talking to you today. Yeah, I'm really excited about your work. And I just I, – I love that you're so young and you're so 
calm and confident. I just, I, I think that's beautiful. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. yeah, the twenty eighth of September. Yes. Premiere. Premiere. Come see it, please. <laughs> it will be a showstopper. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Gianna. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to City Ballet. To stay up to date on episode releases, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We hope to see you soon in the theater, so head over to nycballet.com to have a look at what's on stage.